Bridges Boys. We like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondells, IPAs, cider stouts, and the USA. We're just boys. We like beer. We're just boys. We like beer. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. We are sitting here in uh, downtown Greenville, looking at a nice mural of some mountains. Steven, it's glad to be back, isn't it? Absolutely. Glad to be back. Glad to finally be sitting down and drinking a beer in the brewery of these two gentlemen that we've been trying for two years. Give or take. Now, it's not like they haven't been on the podcast. Actually, uh, Chad has been on twice. Uh, one at the uh, Greenville Craft Beer Festival. And then last year I came and did a little pop-in on their ALS. For L- yep. ALS so well, That's why I said we were finally able to sit down in the brewery mm-hmm. and talk to both of them. All right. <laughs> we are here right on Stone Avenue. Tetrad Brewing Company. We've got Chad and Brewmaster John. That's me. <laughs> have you got that trademark yet? Yeah, it's in. I'll have to get that. All right, gentlemen, thanks for having us. Thanks for hosting us. Thanks for being here. So, and they even poured us a beer to yeah. start the morning out. All right. So I'm happy. Cheers. 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 Wayne, have you figured out what your beer is yet? Um, it's light. It's crisp. Did a little cheating. It's a Kolsch. <laughs> I was going to say, I told him so. Ah, yeah. <laughs> dang, John. It's one of our OGs. One of our first four. So. You Very told good. me to grab you something, so that was that was your name all over it. All right, so gentlemen, take a second or two or a minute or two and introduce yourselves. and Welcome to podcast land. Go for it. Thanks, yeah. Uh, Chad Tidings, the co-founders and owners of Tetrad Brewing Company, brother of my boy Brewmaster John over here. Um, we are Tetra Brewing Company, opened September 28th of 19. Uh, four-year anniversary coming up here in a few weeks. So uh, glad to be in Greenville. Love the scene, uh, love the support, and more importantly, love all the people that enjoy our beer. And my name is John Booker. Uh, I am co-owner and brewmaster here, so I kind of take care of one side of the fence making the beer, and Chad takes care of the other side running the tap room and getting everything sold and on social media and all that fun stuff. It's a nice uh, yin and yang that we have here, you know, um, and I think that's what makes us work so well together and what makes it important for us to, to be here. Before we get too deep, you was talking about 2019. So that's before the world stopped. That's before <laughs> everything locked down. So before we get deep into the beers and talking about y'all's story, tell us, tell our listeners, what were some of the struggles that y'all had to deal with when the governor said restaurants were shut down, bars were shut down, but you can yeah. give out beer or sell beer? What kind of struggles did y'all have to deal with? You talked to us a little bit earlier before we started recording about bringing in family to help. Yeah, I think prior to that is, you know, 
it took us a while to get open to eight. And so when we did open in September 19, like it was like it was great. Yeah, we were the only brewery. You know, things were flowing. You know, and for us, it's like wow, this is, this is great. This is how it's supposed to be. You know, like we're just packed. And then uh, six months later, Pi Day 3.14 was our yeah. last event. My birthday. And that that <laughs> Monday was when everything shut down. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Well, you know, kind of what I was saying before, it was a little blessing and a curse. I think when we opened, um, the fact that we were able to get open by that point, I think was nice. I think it would have been really hard if we weren't open at that point to make it through COVID and try to come at that point. So. Like Chad said, it took us forever just to get the doors open. So the fact we were here, we started to build up a little customer base. The local, you know, the, the neighborhoods around here were really appreciative to have a, a brewery here. So we had that local support. So when things did shut down, um, you know, we had people that were coming, buying growlers, buying merch. And, uh, you know, we really saw that outpouring of people that were, uh, didn't want us to, to fade away now that we were here. So. We got a lot of love from the community. Um, I mean, another good thing, Chad and I were doing so much at that point uh, on our own. We had my cousin working here, you know, my wife would come in behind the bar, Chad's kids are helping out. So we didn't have a huge staff that we had to let go or fire. You know, we had a couple people that had full-time jobs that just kind of bowed out on their own. Um, and then it went down pretty much Chad and I. We'd, uh, throw the roll-up door open and sell growlers across the picnic table and awesome. throw what we can and uh, just made the best of it. And we uh, we had a crowler machine and we were just about to, to do our labels. Like labels were finalized, so when it happened, we're like, oh no. So we immediately <laughs> went and bought a ton of 16 ounce cans, you know, because we, we feel like that's a really nice size for a can mm-hmm. to go. And then we had a label that was like 90% done, so we rushed to try to get them printed because um, it was like John was saying, the outpouring of people just stopping here, you know, the table six foot into the door, you can only come six feet in, and just to buy gift cards and to buy growlers. So one guy, Joe, um, after the pandemic was over, he goes, I, I have like a dozen of your growlers just from that. Can I, can I return those for you? But I mean, it's just a really cool testament to Greenville and the community to say, hey, we got you guys. We got you guys, you know, Absolutely. You, you proved yourself, we got you, we'll carry you through. And like John was saying is, you know, we're all, we're just trying to figure out what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And so for us, we were like, let's just sell something. And the yeah. landlord here at Half Moon was, was very nice and, you know, we got some help from the government, et cetera, just to keep the doors open. And so it was, it was a blessing and a curse. The blessing was like, oh, okay, we can step back for a second and breathe on this new business we just opened. And kind of trying to figure out some things as well as it you know started like wildfire you know, when we got open so we were very thankful for greening on the community and we, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those guys and everybody that came by well we all made it through uh the end of the world as we know it that's for sure um and it sounds like you know you guys have started this as a family business from the beginning so hmm. Is this something that you guys have wanted to do for a long time, or is this something that you kind of uh, life brought you to this? Or tell me how you got. What was the uh, motivation in the startings of founding Tetrad? That is the easiest answer to who we are as a company. If you come in here, you look on the wall above the brew house, you're going to see a beer kit. It's called our Dream Maker. Uh, I bought that for John for his 22nd birthday. 
he turned 40 this year. So that was the seed that was planted to my brother here. And um, I will say that um, John was craft beer before craft beer was really big at Oneonta to go to school. And he just had this acquired taste for beer. And we <laughs> made our first batch and it, you know, as every batch is, wasn't good. But I believe John just kind of gravitated towards, let's make some good beer. Yeah, no, I, I second that. I think uh, we met about 2004, um, going on vacations together, and you know, like anybody does, we go to a town. It's what's the closest brewery, and we walk in, and you know, some breweries we love, some breweries we were kind of like, do you, do you brew your own beer here? It might be you know, brew house tucked behind the wall. So mm-hmm. we started it like a lot of home brewers say. Well, if we had our own brewery, this is how we would do it. And then uh, just over the years, it was, yeah, we could do this, we could do it. And uh, eventually just got to the point where it's like, maybe we really should. Uh, Chango and yeah, tell was, more about uh, that story. Yeah, so John was up in Burlington, um, moved there from Utah. And uh, it was uh, Thanksgiving Eve of 2013. I was driving home from work and I called John. I was like, what's going on, bro? I go, listen, man, I, I can't stop thinking about this brewery. Um, I had moved down, his parents had moved down. And I said, listen, uh, if you want to stay in Burlington and go to brewing school and you know do your own thing, I'm cool with that. You know, we can home brew. Or if, if you want to open this brewery, like, what do you think? And he goes, no, nope, we're, we're going to open a brewery. Uh, let me go to brewing school from Burlington. Let's have our second child and we'll, we'll eventually move down. So that really is kind of what set it off for us. You know, that was like, we're going to try this. We're going to see if this can work. And that was kind of the timetable for us to say, all right, how do we get this thing up and going? And then, you know. John can elaborate about the brewing school and the process of that, but uh, it took until about July of 16 for him to get down here. Yeah, uh, basically I was an elementary school teacher before this. Uh, uh-huh. I went to school for, I was teaching second grade. Loved teaching, I was getting a little burned out from it. So when my oldest daughter was born, I uh, did the stay-at-home dad thing. Uh, stayed at home with her for about four years and uh, kind of was deciding what I wanted to do once I did go back to work, if I wanted to be teaching or not. Um, yeah, just getting really into homebrewing, joining the, the homebrew club up there, saw a couple of my club members open their, their own breweries. Uh, we're seeing a lot of these taproom-focused breweries that are huge uh, now, um, up in Vermont opening up, coming down here to Greenville, and there really wasn't any. Uh, you know, it was a lot of the the original guys, your Brewery 85's Quest, Thomas Creeks, your big distribution focused breweries. So we were like, man, Greenville just needs a, a taproom focused brewery. Come and hang out and you know watch the game and see live music and all this stuff that I was enjoying. So, you know, before we got open, obviously the whole community's exploded, which uh which has been great to see too. Uh, but yeah, so we decided to, to make the dream a reality. Alright, so Quick question, John. What was the first beer you brewed overall and the first beer you brewed that you thought, hey, man, I can actually make a go of this? Just just out of curiosity. Yeah, so the the kit that we shall not name, the Dream Maker, uh, made terrible beer. So uh, my first beer, it might have actually been a Mexican lager. Um, It was basically pre-hopped syrup, malt syrup, you mix with some water and boil it up and throw a little powdered yeast on. Um, I would just go crazy with it, you know, spice it and fruit it and adjunct them up and <laughs> they were terrible. Uh, and then getting into Vermont, uh, I was 
right around the time a lot of these hazy beers were, were starting to make a name for themselves out there. Uh, so I brewed uh, basically a, a hoppy wheat beer that we fermented with Kolsch yeast and uh, it came out so good. It was the first beer. I was like, wow, this is something I can actually drink. I don't have to dilute it down with some other beer just to, <laughs> to wash it down. Um, so I started working on those hazies. Uh, a lot of the darker beers, you know, the, some of the stouts and the porters, some of the easier beers to brew were coming out good. So, uh, yeah, I think once we could make a beer that we had friends and family like wanting and actually liking to drink, then it was like, all right, maybe we can make this work. Yeah, we had uh, a one pie IPA at one point. We were on version six of it. Um, the Stout was another one. Um, Stout is probably the beer we've, we've perfected and brewed the longest. And then um, uh, we're from Rochester, New York, so I drank a lot of Labatt Blue and Blue Light. And so I said, mm-hmm. John, make me a Labatt. He goes, I'll make you a Kolsch. So that was one of the first beers that uh, kind of just perfected, you know, like lighter style beer. So. Um, yeah, I think to, to John's point is, you know, he just grabbed on to this beer making process yeah. and dove down deep into what it takes to make a beer and just went down that hole, and which is a great thing. Um, and, you know, when we first opened, because uh, tetrad is a Greek word that means a group or arrangement of four, hitting our 40th anniversary, so I'm going to blow it out, but um, we started with four beers, right? And I think one of the the best compliments that we've ever received that uh, if you look at our menu you'll see some let's say tetrad kolsch tetrad west coast pale ale uh tetrad ipa which is not on there and tetrad uh, stout those are the first four beers that we started with so we kind of pay homage to those four beers that got us open right and then every beer after that we gave a name to so those are the first four beers that we started and um somebody who came to our grand opening uh, came back weeks later and said you know what we usually We'll give a brewery two, three months to figure their beers out. You guys hit it on the head right when you open day one. Wow. And that's just kind of like pure testament to John, right? And to say, you know what, we, we perfected these beers instead of trying just to throw beer out there. And, and so that's, that's the fun part about us is he just went down that line and just created some great beers. Well, let's get into the beer then that we, we're drinking. We'll go ahead and do that. Wayne, you okay with that? I, I'm fine. <laughs> So, uh, I'm drinking, I went up there and I said, I want a hazy IPA, I want something juicy, and what did she pour me? So you are drinking our Traversed IPA, Uh, this is our New England style IPA, Uh, it's our best seller, I was going to say by far, but we got a couple other beers creeping up on it, but uh, your Juicy Hazy is super popular right now. Um, this is a beer that kind of grew out of that first beer I was talking about, that kind of hazy wheat beer. Um, so yeah, living in New England, these were, were all the rage. Uh, as a stay-at-home dad, I had the opportunity to strap my daughter, you know, in the carry-on, <laughs> and we'd go out and wait in line for the, the heady topper truck to get there, and, you know, go out for all these, uh, the beer releases, so that, uh, once those hit the sea, and that's kind of what I started brewing, that's what this grew out of, and yeah, it's still our best seller today. Well, I like stouts, I like porters. They're a little heavy sometimes, so just a clean, crisp IPA. It's hard, it's hard to beat. It, it is, a little citrusy, 
a little bit of a hot burn on the backside, but yeah. not too much. Yeah. It's, it's a very good balance of all, very refreshing. I remember when he moved down here in 16, right? He moved in the house, he's in now, and he's like, I want to try to brew a New England style, more uh, style specific. It's like, cool. So he brewed it and invited me over, and it was a beautiful sunny day. We're out on his deck, right? And I was a lightbeer guy, I'll admit it. You know, mm-hmm. IPAs I yeah. enjoyed, but I can just drink one, right? So. He pours a glass, and I literally held it up in the sun. I was, and I was like, I'm gonna eat this thing, right? It looked like <laughs> grapefruit juice in this thickness, right? Because you yeah. couldn't see through. It's hazy, juicy. And I tell you what, I put that up to my nose, and I smelled that citrusy grapefruit. I'm a mm-hmm. big citrus guy. Me too. And that first sip that I had was so smooth, and I was like, wow, this this is what a New England IPA tastes like. And that, that is what converted me into being more of an IPA yeah. lover of beers, especially ours. I get it, but like that juicy, citrusy, hazy, I was like, I could drink a couple of these. And that's what put us on the map as a brewery, you know? And um, that's our flagship beer. Um, Lisa's Lemonade is going to maybe surpass it. But that is yeah. what, and, and we got to brew that every couple of weeks, keep it on, on the menu. But, you know, John will say, he probably loves and hates this beer. <laughs> and for the simple reason is, and you can elaborate on this John, but like there's so much that goes into this beer. And you know It's not a simple recipe. No. No, you guys are drinking actually like Kolsch is my favorite beer to brew because it's it's hundred percent Pilsner malt. That's what Wayne's drinking. There's two easy hop additions to it, no dry hops. Uh, Traverse is my favorite beer to drink, but I hate brewing it. It's uh, <laughs> a ton of hops, it's sticky flaked malts that like to uh, gum up the mash tun. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's another one of those blessing and a curse things. Like I have to brew it uh, about every six weeks I'm doing a batch. But so it's a labor of love. It's a labor of love. Yeah. But, and then, that you, you know, love to hate. The good thing is the fresher you can have it, the better. So it's, yep. we're never, we're, we don't have kegs in there that are more than two months old. It's coming out all the time. It's turning over quick. It's uh it's a good one. You know, now everybody makes a hazy. It's hard to go to a brewery that doesn't have one. But when we started making them, a lot of people didn't really know what one was. And their perception of an IPA was that it was going to make you mouth pucker up from bitterness. And uh, mm-hmm. we started giving these to people that would say, I don't like an IPA. And they're like, oh, I like this. This must not be an IPA. So <laughs> you can do some of that educational component and let people know it's not a one-trick pony. And the consistency from batch to batch to batch with the Traverse is just insane how he, he we just he does, we just keep it consistent. Yeah. So. What are you drinking, Wayne? We alluded to it a little bit earlier. This is the Tetrad Kolsch, which Kolsch's, to me, are just so simple, and they're so beautiful, and they're so crisp and clean that <laughs> I literally could drink them year-round. Well, when you tell degrees me, out, yes. <laughs> Forty degrees out, yes. I'll drink it all we, year we keep long. It here around, well, yeah. when you said surprise me, Chad said go up there and get y'all's first round. Come back over here and like, what do you want? Well, just surprise me. Well, you're a Kolsch. I know you like Kolsch drinking, so there you go. Did I do good? You did good. Although, <laughs> usually I, I, I challenge them to. Bring me back something I wouldn't normally drink, but hey, you know this this is this is fabulous. Well, she first drink. It's an OG. Yeah, it's an OG. So we got great stuff for your next beer. We'll get you one you never had before. Oh, all right, challenge accepted. 
So you're talking about, you know, the hazy and, um, you know, you have to brew it like every six weeks. Uh, what size brew system do you have here? So we're a three and a half barrel system. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are all electric, which is really nice. Um, we tend to double batch our beers. So we have four seven barrel fermenters. So usually I'm brewing back to back batches on that. And then we have two tanks that are smaller, they're three and a half barrel unit tanks, so we're able to do some experimental kind of one-off stuff in those as well. And given the popularity, I'm assuming that you're literally brewing every every single day during the week. Uh, we're brewing about twice a week right now. So that's about our capacity with the tanks we have. So that's enough. We supply the tap room and then uh, we're just starting to get into distribution here. Yeah, what a good daughter. Hey, Hannah. My favorite niece. I know. Can you grab me a traverse? <laughs> Thanks. Now, Chad, that is a, a beautiful looking beer. Yes, yes. This is uh, one of my newest favorites, the Pour La Crown Mexican Lager. Uh, it's in collaboration with um, 864 uh, The Crown, which is the local chapter here that supports the Charlotte FC. So we did collab with them. Uh, the label's mm-hmm. awesome, but it's just. It's a super easy drinking Mexican lager, uh, crisp, clean, um, and you gotta have a line with it, right? So, mm-hmm. just the season for me right now to be able to uh, crush some of these like easy drinking Mexican lagers, yeah. So that's like your version of the clear bottle that has the big C <laughs> on it. I'm, with I don't the line, never, never heard of them. This, this is our version of the Mexican. I, lager. I said version, yeah. I didn't say who. Yeah, it's, it's nice too, it's, it's more on the lighter side of Mexican yeah. as well. That's well, actually a fun beer to brew. It's uh, I, I get requests for these beers that I normally wouldn't brew myself, so it's kind of fun to do some research. Uh, I didn't know much about Mexican beers besides the, the big one that starts with the C. Uh, so yeah, looking into them, basically German immigrants that went down to Mexico and wanted to brew these German lagers, so just using local ingredients with what they have. So it's uh, it's fun as a brewer to go outside my comfort zone. And beer like this, you know, we thought maybe brew it once and be done. And uh, it's been one of those things now. It's so popular. It's like all right, I guess I keep brewing this one for a while. So. And we wanted to keep it around during the full season of the Charlotte FC too, because we show all the games here. You know, and um, so we have a lot of people come in and watch the games, and uh, I think it's a good beer for that, right? So you were talking about collaborations. Let's go ahead. I, I love not um, having a script. You know, we were talking about scripts earlier. Scripts are great for some things. But when we start talking to y'all and other breweries, it's awesome to see the dynamics of you'll start something, and automatically I'm like, oh, well, let's talk about it. So... Let's talk about the collaborations. You were talking about you just had a collaboration with the Mexican Lager. Mm-hmm. Do you do any other collaborations? I know uh, you had an Instagram, and maybe you did Facebook too, where you said, we got a beer, let's reach out to everybody that loves to draw and draw <laughs> us a label. Yeah. So yeah. how often do you do collaborations? Whether it be a label or a beer, allowing people to come in and brew the beer with you. I know the answer because we follow y'all all the time, but let's tell the listeners. Yeah, I would say we do quite a bit. Uh, 
we we tend not to do a lot of the just straight brewery to brewery collaborations. Uh, you know, we're always into that, but uh, our big thing is kind of looking outside of that and really seeing what community partners we can uh, collaborate with. So the one you're talking about was with the Swamp Rabbits hockey team, our local hockey team here in Greenville. Uh, we do a beer called the Puck and Hoppy for them. Uh, really great, kind of juicy pale ale. Uh, so yeah, we threw it out to designers and say, give us, give us your best logos. And uh, we ended up picking the top four and voted on them. And winners got to go out on the ice and uh, show off their designs. So That's awesome. that was cool. We do, uh, we try to do a lot of charity uh, collaborations. Uh, we work uh, Alice for ALS. Uh, we've done Smash for Stash, for Stash which. Uh, organization out in New York that uh, raises money for brain cancer. Um, yeah, we got a fun one coming up with Battle Buddies, uh, raising money, uh, helping out dogs that go to veterans. Um, so yeah, we're always looking um, kind of how our beer can help out other organizations as well. Yeah, we're uh, the Brew for the number four love. Brew for love is kind of like our, our give back portion of our. I our love company. that. Uh, yeah, uh, Tetra Community Group for for love. So it's it's our way to say, hey, you know what? We're brewing beer for the love of you know dogs and people and charity and, and things. And so we have a big Brew for the Love wall. That's when you walk in and you know somebody's bought somebody a beer. But yeah, I mean that—that's what it is for us. Is like when we first started this brewery, you know, John and I just kind of said, you know, "What are we about, right?" And at some point, we want to try to give back. And how do we give back? You know, really, it started um, with uh, my cousin Lisa was going through brain cancer, right? And so we would um, we'd go through, we'd go to the Outer Banks every year, and, and she loved a shandy. So John's like, "Hey, you want to brew your beer while you're battling, you know, the brain cancer in, in 19, rolling well, in 20 and." Like, what do you want? And she said, uh, I want a shandy, lemon ginger shandy, right? So it's called Lisa's Lemonade. So that's where it all started. And I was like, how do I give back from South Carolina to my cousins up in Rochester? Yeah. Let's brew you a beer and let's, let's send some proceeds to you and to your organization that you support, you know? And so like, that's how the Brew for the Love started for us. So, you know, we, we try to get involved with our pot cures and pints with the Green Animal Care. You know, we have a big event in June every year that tries to raise money for them and get dogs adopted. So. You know, it's, it's, it's what we can do to get back, right? Mm -hmm. And so we'll, we'll collab, we'll do some fun collaborations. We try to be unique and different. You know, that's mm -hmm. what we want to try to be as a, as a brewery, so. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask about the uh, Swamp Rabbits, but uh, that's pretty cool. So you got your yeah. sports, your summer sports and your winter sports <laughs> lined up. Yeah, that started in um, the 2019-20 season. Uh, new ownership came through, so we met a guy named Tim. Mm -hmm. uh, a good buddy of mine, actually, now. Uh, but he said, hey, you know, we're looking for community partners. You know, would you like to be a brewery for us? You know, and we're like, sure, absolutely, you know. And so um, it was during the pandemic year, right? But they decided mm -hmm. to have a season, and uh, they were heading into the playoffs. So he said, mm -hmm. hey, do you want to brew a beer? I'm like, sure. So... You know, we all sat down, and John's like, well, why don't we use some cryo hops, you know, frozen cryo ice to, mm -hmm. to make this puck and hoppy beer, right? There so you go. Cryo hops, <laughs> ice, hockey, right? And uh, we named it the puck and hoppy, you know, kind of the, you know, strong hockey men that are out on the ice, you know, give me a puck and hoppy, and you can replace the P with another letter, you know, but, um, but you know, jumping back to the point is uh, this past season, we said, you know what, we need a label. And how do we get the community involved? Let's shoot it out to all of Greenville and say, hey, design us a label. Here's the parameters. Get creative, Greenville, right? And it was just so awesome. And 
you come in, we've got this big bright orange label with the Swamp Rabbit uh, mascot on it. So it's just it's another example of us getting involved in the community. But that Puckinopi beer is fan favorite. That's why I was prompting, kind of prompting y'all because y'all knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> Wayne and I know about it because we looked at it and it's awesome that y'all got the community involved but I just wanted to prompt y'all that hey y'all tell the story yeah. I don't want to tell the story because it's not my story to tell us yeah it's fun I mean I think we we know how to make beer we know how to sell beer but there's so much talent out there that we don't have so that's how we can use beer for for good you know as as a teacher, it was satisfying to, to work with kids and give back. So, you know, being a brewer, I don't necessarily have that uh, that sense of community all the yeah. time. So it's awesome to be able to use my talents in that way. It's a buy-in for the community. Yeah. If the community is already supporting you and you give the community a chance to kind of get more involved, then that, that's more of a buy-in to them. Yeah, yeah, and what's great about the Swamp Rabbit is um, the, the overtime is the fourth period, right? So right. we are the sponsor of the overtime. So if it goes into overtime, when you're leaving, you get these awesome cards that is half off your next beer to Tetra. So it's oh, just, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a Tetra in overtime, right? So it's just it's a fun thing to do. We all love sports. I love sports, and so it's just kind of getting involved in the community, right? I grew up playing hockey, so it's something you don't see very often as much down here as you know up north. So it's been fun to to partner with them. Well, I brought over a, um, a menu for you guys. It looks like your beers are pretty much gone. Um, take a look. We'll get, we'll get you another one rolling out here. I think I'll go say, with the uh, twice my age. That's a good one. Our, uh, we have an Australian sparkling ale. Uh, if you're looking for a beer you've never had before. Okay, let me try that uh, first then. <laughs> Uh, speaking of collaborations, we do one I forgot. Uh, we have a members club. So, so club at Tetrad? Every year uh, around Black Friday, people can start signing up for the members club. Gets you a lot of perks, a lot of discounts in the tap room. Uh, one of the cool, unique things we do is called Build a Room. So, four times a year, members get to come together uh, with me and we design a beer together. Um, so they get to pick the style, they help design the recipe, and then they actually get to come in and physically brew it. Uh, and then uh, when it's all done, they get a four pack of the beer to take home. So this last one, the theme was beers of the world. So we looked at doing uh, beers that are specific to certain areas. So we looked at like a you know, Munich Hellas, an Irish stout. And uh, the one we chose was an Australian sparkling ale. So it's Australia's only native uh, beer style. Uh, it's one that really I've personally never had. I haven't talked to many people that have had an authentic one. So that was kind of a fun, fun little collaboration we did. But yeah, we do four of those a year. So how does the mug club work? When does it start? How much does it cost? Go ahead and yeah. get that out to our listeners. Uh, that way, if, chat if, if, if they want to join the mug club, how much does it cost them? Yeah. What do they get? Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's called the club at Tetrad. Super simple, super easy. Um, so November first, we offer it to the current members if they want to renew, and then on Black Friday we open up the public. So we currently uh, we hit our hundred uh, member mark this past year. So we're going to wow. open it up a little bit more, obviously. So 
like John said, one of the coolest perks, and you know, as a brewery, we want to be different, right? We're trying to always be different. We have so many different events that we do, ales and tales, et cetera, that we just want to be different. So being able to four times a year work with Brewmaster John to pick your style, recipe, and brew it, like, what a, I mean, that alone is worth it, yeah. right? Uh, obviously, you get a, a bigger mug, so you get 20-ounce pours for a pint price. You get 25% more beer. Um, you have your club T-shirt that you get. You got a club lapel pin, a welcome beer, a birthday beer. Um, you get extra discounts off of growler fields and merch throughout the whole year. Um, we also have um, once a year we'll get a suite at the Swamp Rabbit Hockey Games. We'll have a club night they get to, come to. Um, and then, you know, we have different events throughout the, the year that was, hey, club members are going to do barbecue for you, et cetera. But another cool perk is every Friday, it's called Friday Friends Day. So a club member can bring a friend in and they get their 20-ounce pour for a pint price. So it's a way to bring them in and to have some fun and to kind of get people involved. So we got a lot of people asking to get signed up. Um, it's only 150 bucks for the year. And you get a welcome gift when you first come. We gave away two pint glasses last year when you signed up. So, I mean, for that small amount to come here to get more beer, to brew a beer, to get four four packs yep. from that beer, buy to get it. a t-shirt, to get a pen, yep. to get two Burton, you know, like, it's worth it. And That's for a buy-in for the community. It's a buy-in for the community. And, um, you know, brew days are fun. We get, you know, your home brewers that really want to geek out and know every <laughs> detail of the recipe. And then you get people that are like, I had no idea how beer is Just like beer. I like it. Why, how do I make it? So they get to actually pitch the malt in and, uh, you know, stir the hops and uh, see the whole thing start to finish. Uh, we also opened it up so, like, they were helping uh, do yeast starters this time yeah. and, you know, they can help can and kind of see the whole process kind of behind yeah. the scenes type thing. I think one of the first ones we did, it was it was cool. We, we had it and... You know, if, if you've brewed beer before, well, now you got to get your grain, right? You're mashing in, and it's you're up there, it's hot, and you know. So yeah. one guy was mashing in the whole time, and his shirt that he wore was just soaked, <laughs> literally soaked, because he's in there, you know, stirring everything. So we, we gave him a shirt. But I think what's cool is um, our members get the appreciation of what it takes to brew a beer, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're a craft beer person, you're going out and you're looking up on the board and beers are five, six, seven, eight dollars, whatever it is, you know, it's like, oh, but they get that appreciation of like, wow, this is, this is eight hour process goes into making beer. Holy cow. So I think, you know, as they're drinking their beer and other beers are like, wow, there's a lot that goes in it. The brewmasters have to put into it and the cleaning and, and all these little yeah. steps. It's like, I didn't know that. Right. So I think that's a cool, like eye opening experience. And we've actually, Wayne and I have actually got to brew beer. We've got a brewery that we just brewed a beer with. The, the beer will be ready to tap next Monday while I'm going out of town. And we, I don't know about Wayne, but I got a really good appreciation of an eight-hour brew day because I'm used to brewing <laughs> at home in a turkey fryer. And I brew five gallons at a time. And I brew and I'm cleaned up in about three hours. And it's a small cleanup. I dump it out, you know, it's done. Wash it, it's easy. Yeah. But we actually have been able to go into breweries and do interviews while we're brewing and talk about that process, trying to give a new outlook to our listeners. And we do Instagram pictures too, of what it takes to actually brew a beer that, oh, I'm paying $7, what am I getting? Well, you're getting a lot because there's a lot to it. 
Yeah. And, and what you don't see too is you don't see on the non-brew days John in here and getting everything ready and yep. cleaned and right and doing all that stuff just to get ready for the next day. So yep. it's, it's an appreciation I have for John. You know, like he is the brewmaster. He is the genius behind that. And, you know, it's uh, much appreciation towards that. Absolutely. Well, you got your, your, your eight-hour brew day and then you've got your fermentation period and then you've got your uh, – you keg it or can it or yeah the brew day is the easy part that was uh one of my big surprises when i started working professionally it was like your most talented your most senior guys aren't brewing the beer they're cellaring the beer you got your you got your new guys your amateurs brewing it you know it's you're just following a recipe one to toss in what it's uh yeah it's those the more skilled guys that are getting that beer from brew day into the glass, that's where uh, where you can mess it up. Okay, so walk me through how you get to that point here. Like, uh, do you, I, I know that we've gotten cans here before, but I don't see anything out in the distro, but I know you have your cans and whatnot, so. Yeah, so we actually just started distribution uh, recently, within the last two months, uh, like I said, we're a three and a half barrel brew system, so we're pretty small. Mm-hmm. Our focus is on making sure that our, our tap room is stocked up and has all the beer mm-hmm. uh, you, you want to you come to expect here. Anything else, we're sending out into the local marketplace, so uh, really focusing on the Greenville area, um, looking at trying to get in at some nice craft beer bars restaurants uh but yeah kind of going slow on that but it's yeah long process um uh like i was saying earlier a lot of our ingredients come in kind of from the Asheville area we get malts that are grown locally to you know our, our Kolsch we're using authentically grown german malts so bring our malts in um most beers were turned around in about three to four weeks. Uh, our lagers are taking a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but generally, yeah, uh, it's all brewed on site and then served on site. A couple kegs going out here and there. Yeah, we we teamed up with Holy City Distribution out of Charleston. Uh, they're new to the area, but the you know fastest growing distribution in the south um, east. But great people love it. Uh, the father and son started it, right? Family, we're family. That's how this has grown, and so. You know, like we're just we're brewing beer. We got a couple handful of sixels that go out, and, and really we just want to get our beer out to the people, the you know, Simpsonville, upstate area that maybe haven't been here. Um, and you know, like we're proud of our beer, right? So yeah. we want to be able to get some out. So we are distributing to them, which has been great. Uh, you know, we told them we're going to walk into this, right? We're going to walk into this. We want to get some beers out and um, and go from there. So have you had any thoughts of the since the uh, the law changed? of selling kegs yeah i was yeah. just gonna mention that as well yeah we haven't uh finalized it here but uh we will be selling uh six full kegs as well about five gallons of beer uh, like you said it's a new law that we can do now which is nice Great. um yeah we still can't self-distribute our beers out to restaurants which uh we would like to but uh, we can sell kegs directly so yeah if you're interested get all of us yeah stay tuned too we'll be we'll be posting on social media uh when that is launching and again you know we'll have a handful of kegs that will be available here through the the house so we just got to find lines process on how that works here in Germany. so that's awesome 
So you talked before about Lisa's Lemonade and, you know, yeah. the, the reason behind it or whatnot. But it, what's nice that I see all the time is the different variations of it. So I think uh, when I was here for the Ales for LS, you had the, uh, the apple spice uh, fall version. Yeah. Which yes. that was that was good. Can I, can I say something on it real quick? Oh, just just go I, ahead and roll I, with I, it, man. I, yeah, we talked about this earlier today. Um, we launched that last year, and we brought that to all the festivals, right? Mm-hmm. And that went in, in less than an hour. So it's an apple pie spiced shandy. Uh, it's launching on our birthday on September twenty eighth. Um, it's it's our most outside of the lemon ginger, our most famous shandy, and people are asking for it already. So. It will mm-hmm. be here on September 28th. It, is our fall. it literally tastes like an apple pie. Mm-hmm. And I will go back to this and I'll say this every day. John creates these beers and they taste like they should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So Lisa's Lemonade, Lemon Ginger is always on tap. We have about 12 variations throughout the year, seasonals. Uh, we've done a, uh, a raspberry version, a strawberry lemonade. Uh, we have our pina colada on right now that literally tastes like pina colada. Um, we have uh, margarita that we've done, so we do key lime, meringue, yeah, cranberry around uh, Thanksgiving time. Yeah. And what's nice about this is it's a three and a half percent beer, right? And um, it's a crusher. It's easy drinking, but you get that like the ginger's not overpowering, the pina colada's not <clears throat> overpowering. It's, it's a beautiful mix of this wheat beer that's you know that we've done that is just always on tap so we have a couple different versions and then Lisa was also a teacher and a mother of four so we made a feisty version and that feisty version is uh, Prosecco and Shandy mixed together like a mimosa but way better so we give you at least two different varieties on tap at all time we also have a slushing machine that we're doing oh. frozen Shandies with as well so you know it's just one of those beers that it's versatile and we just like to go with the seasons on it and it's something fun that we like to do so it sounds like a, a new community outreach. You could uh, challenge the community to come up with a different variation of Lisa's Lemonade that you haven't done before. Yes. That could be interesting. I'd be curious to see those, those answers. What, what flavor would you guys like to, to see for a shandy? Hmm. Gotcha. You got me there because <laughs> I... Grapefruit. I like grapefruit. Yeah, I'm with you. Grapefruit or shandy. Wouldn't that be a Rattler? Uh, it depends if it's sour. Most Rattlers are sour, though. Doesn't have to be. Yeah, this was we yeah, we had talked about with the I think the Mexican lager. You know, doing some research on it. It was funny when Lisa asked. We said, you know, like Chad said, I'll make any beer you want. Give money to any any charity you want. We just want to help you out. That's awesome. And uh, you know, I kind of hope she'd say stout or IPA <laughs> or something like in my wheelhouse. And she was like, I want a lemon ginger shandy. I was like, all right, you know, <laughs> A, what is that? B, you know, how do I brew it? What does it taste like? Uh, so I got to do a lot of research on it. And yeah, you learn about Rattlers out of Germany and uh, all these different ways to make shandies and kind of the whole history on it and what it is. And uh, learning that history pushed me outside my comfort zone was fun for that. So yeah, now, now it's cool just doing these seasonals, doing the one-offs. Now we got the frozen, uh, seeing what works with that and how we can implement them and change it up and keep it fresh. Like Chad was saying, it's it's three and a half percent, so it's a great one to take to the lake, take to the beach. 
lawn mowing, beard going. Take on a hike. Uh, beach chilling, it's yeah. It's got a little bit of that sourness from the lemonade, but it's not a full-on sour, uh, like sour beer, so kind of hits a lot of those sweet spots for people. Uh, we get a lot of people come in like, I don't like beer, what do you got? And uh, a lot of times the Lisa's is, will win over the non-beer drinkers. Mm -hmm. Maybe like a passion fruit. You've done that, Pog. Oh. Yeah. Passion orange, <laughs> passion orange guava. Should've known that. Alright, so I want to talk real quick about my mystery beer. Yes. You've been doing that for over 10 years. This one? It's on tap 24-7, yep. 365. So, earlier when you said, here's the menu, what next, What do y'all want next? Because our glasses were empty. And I, while I was talking, I typed up a message and handed it to you on my phone and I said, I drink anything that's not sour. So, you brought me back what I'm assuming is the Tetrad Stout. I took a smell of it before I even sipped it, like most people do, because I want to know what I'm putting down my throat. <laughs> and, First sense. Yeah, and it's very robust. I smell coffee beans right off the bat. Just my, my palate, I guess. And it's very good. It's, you know, it's not a crisp, refreshing lager, but it is a very clear, robust, porter, stout type thing, type beer. Yeah, speaking on that, I will say there is no actual coffee in there. Yep. Uh, we use, kind of go for that flavoring uh, just through our malts. So, inspiration for this beer, uh, I used to live out in Utah. Uh, I took a trip once with my dogs, my then girlfriend, now wife. Uh, we drove out to San Francisco and then drove the coast up to Seattle. And so we just stopped at every brewery we could find along the way. Uh, so a lot of these kind of West Coast breweries at the time making these big American stouts. Uh, it's very hoppy, very piney, resinous. Uh, so you're actually getting the one of our last kegs from the batch. So a lot of that hoppiness kind of fades over time. Uh, we got a fresh one coming out in the next, well, actually whenever, probably whenever that keg taps, uh, the next batch will come out. So it's a fun beer for me as a brewer to see kind of how it ages over time. Uh, you know, stouts are great. It's one of my favorite beers, but they don't sell as fast as like an IPA so that's one that can sit for for a couple months and uh, fresh out of the tank it's uh, a lot different from, so, from what you're getting now so what you're saying is I need to come back in a, a week or you two you gotta come back and try it and it's gonna be a totally different it's, it's good I'd say totally different but definitely different that's good man. I don't know which one I prefer I can't say either way yeah. uh, okay. you just get you get some different flavors on it. some chocolate tones so, too. Yeah, the idea is kind of a big American stout. Uh, like I said, we're using those big piney, kind of dank cops in it. Reminiscent of your like California, Oregon, Washington okay. stouts brewed back in the day. That was actually the first beer we brewed as Tetrad. Uh, shout out to you, Birds Fly Seth. Uh, contracted with them for our first four beers. So, uh, Sean over at Birds was nice enough to lend us his system and uh, I went over there with their brewers and 
This was the first beer we cranked out. It's still one of my one of my favorite beers. One of my favorite drinking experiences was uh, we were able to take a keg back before we even opened here, oh, nice. and uh, we set it up on our you know newly put in tap system and poured our first stout. And uh, yeah, it's experience I'll remember forever. That was sure. the first keg too that we brought to my house and I had a kegerator, right? And it was a first ever like as a professional brewery. So we brought a keg there, we, we got it set up, we started pouring it and we're like we're on our third pint already, right? And John and I like woof and at that time <laughs> I think it was a seven and a half percent. But we just, it was yeah. so good and fresh and we just were like crushing these things and like Brings you back to that homebrew where like you get your first beer, but it's actually like a good beer that you want to drink. <laughs> that, that takes me back to our Plank Owner beer release that we did, not a pirate ship. And I drank six of those beers back to back to back, and they were seven, seven point five. My wife drove home. Seven, yeah. My wife drove home, and the next morning, I, I, I got. The, the hangover was not <laughs> the hangover was not as bad as the butt chewing that I got from my wife. <laughs> but it, it was a good time. We had a whole release time. party about it. Well, yeah, and thrown back to like our members collaboration series. I think when you when you have a part of a beer, uh, it just makes it so much more special. It does. Whether you know you design the label or come up with the name or actually help brew it or whatever. Yeah, it just brings a whole other element to it. I think it's, it's fun for people. You know, I don't want this to be my beer. It's a, it's a community experience. So the more we can get into this, the better. And like that's to John's perfect point, right? Is we knew we had the beer to open brewery, right? We knew we've been doing this for you know, just turned forty this year, so eighteen years. You know, it yep. started where we brewed our first homebrew batch. So I'm right there with you. I we, just turned forty. <laughs> we've been doing this for a long time, it's right? So. We wanted to open a brewery because we felt like we knew how to brew beer, and that wasn't our worries. We opened a brewery for everybody else, right? Like, we opened a brewery to say, hey, bring your, your kids, bring your dogs, come in, chill out, you know, like, enjoy it. Like, you are literally Tech Trent family when you walk in the store. You know, our beer tenders are amazing, and, and they just, they engage with you. And like, come be our friend, come be our family. And that's why we opened a brewery. It's like, we want everybody else to enjoy the experience of coming in and brewing a beer, design a label, whatever it is. So it's, it's about everybody as well, you know? So, this one is, I know you asked what beer I wanted. At first I said the uh, twice my age, and then I switched over to the, uh, the hybrid. So this is the Australian sparkling. This is very unique. I, it's interesting. <laughs> I, I really like it. it. It usually takes about three or four mm. to be like, oh. Mm. Yeah, so this is a collaboration we did uh, with our members. It was number three for this year. Um, like I was saying, it's one that I've never had. Uh, none of our members have ever had. And so it's kind of how do you create a beer when you don't really know what it should taste like a lot of times it's uh i have an ideal of what i'm shooting for when i design a recipe mm -hmm. um, so this was just doing the research and like i said before is what would they have done authentically traditionally um what are they doing now what can we 
what can we do here? Uh, so again, uh, a lot of a lot of German immigrants just going over throughout the world. So originally the beer would have been uh, a lot of British German immigrants going down to Australia trying to brew these beers that they had at, at home with local ingredients. So uh, idea with this one is kind of a British pale ale using Australian grown hops. Uh, so we use malt that was from England, uh, a place called Baird's and Thomas Fawcett and Sons. Uh, they've been around for hundreds of years, doing very traditional floor style malting. So we got some traditional malts, we used uh, English ale yeast that would have been traditional, and then 100% uh, Australian grown hops. So we're coming up on the one hour mark, and if we go over one hour, it's not a big deal. <laughs> But I told Chad that it usually lasts one hour, so cool. I know you're usually not here, John, on the weekend. We don't want to take up much of your time. You got uh, just a few, like maybe one or two questions, yeah, ish, and and then yeah. we'll get out of y'all's hair. You're good. So one of the main things that I like to talk about, and I mentioned to you before, food options. So I know that you don't have a food kitchen. So, talk to our listeners just real quick about uh, what y'all have, if y'all have any options yeah. for that, yeah, yeah, yeah. or so what y'all allow. Yeah, so I, I think that's one of our challenges here, right? We don't have a kitchen, uh, but because we don't have a kitchen, we allow dogs inside, and that's something that's super important to us, right? That's Absolutely. what our customers love. They bring their dogs. It's a family member, so we don't have it. So, we do book food trucks, right? Uh, we do definitely do that. Um, and you know, there's plenty out there. They're, they're tough to book, right? So if there's any people with a food truck or food trailer, please reach out. But so obviously we have our famous free popcorn that is just super delicious, right? And then we mm -hmm. also have Mama Hen's pretzels and some other snacky stuff that you guys can purchase here. We have common pops as well. So um, we have all those little snacky stuff. But note that you can always bring food into our brewery, right? We're looking to partner with local um, restaurants and stuff that delivered to Tetra, right? We're going to start bringing in more of their menus, but you can always bring food in here. Please go to our website. Um, if you go to events, it's a live calendar of everything, single food truck or music that we may have, beer launches, so just go to that, uh, give us a call, but, um, you know, we, we do bring in food truck. We try to book them throughout the whole week. It is tough with everything going on, so um, currently we do not have um, the kitchen, but please bring food in from the outside. We want you to be able to enjoy our beers. We want you guys to be able to have some food in you. Um, we are, we do have some things in the works that I can't mention right now okay. regarding food, but just stay tuned it's because okay. it's going to be awesome. So yes, that's, that's our point. So biggest thing, go to the website, yep. look at the events, yep. and you were just talking about dog friendly, and <laughs> John's little dog said, hey, I'm here. We got a couple dogs coming in here, so she's, that's getting, okay. she's getting excited. Yeah. John's dog didn't want to be uh, left out on the interview. Um, yeah, I think the, the only other thing kind of we want to talk about, we may have another question, but um, nope. we are heading into uh, this awesome weekend. Um, you know, we have a couple things going on that we'd like to mention. First of all is um, this uh, Friday we have our uh, comedy show, right? And we do comedy, uh, we actually we're doing the next four months. We're bringing comedians from kind of all around the country as well. We shut this place down. There's a patio service that you can 
you can have for it, but uh, we, we're bringing in comedians that are uh, amazing. Uh, Danny is a magician slash comedian. Uh, tickets are only uh, 20 bucks, VIP tables, uh, 175. Yeah, you get eight beers with that as yeah. well. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Starts how, many, how many people's on a table? Uh, eight people to a table. Eight people um, to a table. And, and you're not talking open mic night, you're talking like dry bar comedians. You're talking comedians that have been on. Um, you know, Netflix specials that we're bringing in here. Yeah. Uh, and then excited too is we have our Oktoberfest this year. Um, Saturday is the first official day in Munich that they kick it off. That's when we do our Oktoberfest. Um, I, I go to our website with all the details, but I'm just going to hit it on the head. Is, Absolutely, um, go ahead. At 1 o'clock, we have limited edition German steins that we'll be selling for 15 bucks and you get your first pour. If you have one of these steins, you can get $5 fills throughout our whole Oktoberfest. What day is that? Saturday, uh, the 16th. Uh, two o'clock uh, of September. Of September yes, October. this coming up Saturday, um, we have the Lord Mayor of Oktoberfest, Big John, not Master John, who's going to be uh, our Lord Mayor this year at two o'clock. He's kicking it off with a German toast and the official tapping of our Mearson keg. Uh, we'll have a beer garden with traditional cold service throughout nice. the whole day. We'll have Papa pretzels with uh, fresh pretzels for you. We're going to have. Um, Resident Dogs and German Brats later on in the day. We'll have German music. It's going to be a festival beyond festivals. Four German beers will be here. So that's our Oktoberfest. Uh, Synergy Twins will be here Sunday to kind of round out the weekend. Uh, they're here once a month. And then um, more importantly as well is our four-year anniversary is September 28th. That's Thursday. We're going to have cake and cheers here. It'll be a music bingo night with four rounds of music bingo. Friday will be a... Uh, dinner and beer pairing, four separate meals and four beers that Friday. And then Saturday is our big four-year anniversary. That'll be October 1st. And then Sunday, twins are coming back for a birthday celebration and the Hawaiian donut for a snack. So a lot of things coming up. Um, check us out and follow us. The power of four keeps us popping up all over the place here. We're branded for life. <laughs> they even got the four trees that are different sizes. Yeah. Over on the wall over there. Yeah. A lot of fours around here. A lot of fours. Yeah, a lot of fours. All right, so I know we've talked about a lot of things. Um, is there any thing you want to talk about as far as like community relations that you haven't spoke with? Any uh, community relations with other brewers in Greenville? Um, just anything you might have forgot about that you wanted to mention? Um. No, no, I think we kind of covered a lot of things, right? We, we love partnering. I think one of the best things about Greenville is it's created such a craft beer community, right? So I know that I can call any brewery and say, hey, guys, I need your help. What do you think about this, right? That's Reach great. out to the owners. And there's been many times people come in and it's like, oh, we were at such and such brewery. They said, hey, you should go over to Tetra to have their beers. I think, you know, we're all different. We all do our different styles, different themes, different brews, different beers. I think that's what makes it so unique and so amazing that Greenville's becoming this like craft beer kind of mecca, yep. right? Mm -hmm. So we're proud to be a part of it. Uh, we always look to collaborate and do fun, cool things that are outside the norm, you know, and we're, we're, we're talking with a few breweries actually now about doing some collaborations here in the future and just having a, a very communal brewery community. So, yeah. All right. Steve, you got anything else? Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Oh, thank you guys. For, allowing us, yeah. for allowing us to finally come in and sit down with both Wayne and yeah. I and both John and Chad. 
and talk about beer and try some amazing uh, beers. Amazing beers. Amazing beers. Unfortunately, I have to say that I'm saddened to say this is my very first time of coming through the doors here. It's okay. I've had your beers at the beer festivals and things, and we always wind up talking to you at the beer festivals. And John mentioned earlier about you and uh, some other people uh, talking about Yeah, the Lost Festival. Stay yep. tuned. We might have those episodes come out. That's yeah. our big thing. We're just trying to get people in the door. I think once you get here, like Chad said, you're part of our family, and uh, you'll, you'll be back yeah. once you it's, come in. Yeah, it's so funny. Like People come in and like, oh, I've been meaning to turn in here. Oh, I've been meaning to drive by it all the time. But once they get here, they're like, wow. Like, mm-hmm. your beer's good, man, and your, your space is cool. Kind of like a little hidden treasure. It you're is. off the beaten path Slightly. from yeah. downtown, and... That's another reason that Wayne and I, well, I say myself, can't talk for Wayne. I love getting into breweries that are a little bit smaller, that are off the beaten path, to allow our listeners to get a sense of there are more breweries than the big name, bigger names that people know that do distribution. Yeah. Or the ones that are just right downtown or on a swamp rabbit or just like you happen to maybe stumble upon because you're going to go to this restaurant, right? Yeah. So, we are slightly a little bit of a destination, but once you find us, your family. You know, yep. we, we got the beer. We no got, turn back. No turn back. We got the cool space. So we appreciate everybody who's come in here. We appreciate those who are going to come in here. We appreciate you guys. I mean, we talked for years. And Absolutely. Glad we was able to have a beer with you guys. It. You know. All right. So, Chad, Brewmaster John, at this point in time, any we give you the floor to like any final words, anything that you haven't talked about that you want to talk about anything you want to promote that you haven't promoted uh the floor is yours gentlemen thank you covered it <laughs> i think we're good yeah yeah i'm gonna check out our social media something going on we literally like almost something every night um there's so much i i always have to go back and check the calendar and see what's going on so check us out find something you're interested in come down have a beer bring your dog Bring your grandma. <laughs> yeah, and you know, again, it's, uh, it's, it's just such a joy to be able to do this with my brother. Cheers. Cheers. On that, we will. Cheers. Cheers. Toast. Thank you, gentlemen, for uh, allowing us to be here. <laughs> Thank you for the hospitality and the awesome beers. And to all you guys out there in podcast land listening to us that are in the Greenville or within driving distance of the Greenville area. If you haven't been to Tetrad, stop by. You will not be disappointed. Uh, try the beers that just say Tetrad. That's the originals, the ones with the names. Try them, try them all. Well, I guess at this point we need to thank our uh, sponsors. What do you think, Stephen? Absolutely. we got to thank Mr. Chris Hitchcock for our... Sometimes cheesy, but always amazing lead in to our, our podcast. We got our own little jingle that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous. <laughs> well, anyways, um, we'd like to thank uh, Promotion Graphics for on site banner that we take to events and festivals. We'd like to thank uh, John Sharkey and Greenville Craft Beer Fest coming up October 21st at Floorfield, downtown Greenville. 
I know we'll be there, and I'm sure we will too. Yeah. We got to try to get beside them again. It's yep. always fun. Same spot as last year. Yep. Three years in a row. Let's go. Yep. And uh, last but not least, certainly not least, uh, Eddie Whittingham in the Clock Tower Tap Room and Billiards in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Home away from home. And with that, we will kick it over to Mr. Chris. We're just boys. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondales, IPAs, cider stouts from the USA. We're just boys. We like beer. We're just boys. We like beer. This is Eddie Whittingham with Clock Tower Taproom and Billiards, and you've been listening to the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. <laughs>